sports staff of the Holland Sentinel. This is From the Press Box. With your hosts, Brian Vernellis, Dan Diadonna, and Chris Zatarazny. Hello and welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel's weekly sports podcast where we talk everything sports, uh, anything and everything sports. Uh, we've had a couple weeks off for the holidays and uh, out-of-town adventures. Uh, so yes, we do take vacations here and there. Um, so I went... I tried to go warm to Texas, and it was in the 40s and rainy. And Chris went the opposite to Jackson Hole, where uh, he lost two toes in frostbite. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it was actually it pretty was, warm. It was. <laughs> uh, he was up there in the mountains skiing. He did not lose any toes. He did not break his leg, arm, face, or anything. I survived it all. He came back in one piece, which in itself is... It's admirable. A a, it's a bit of a shock, actually, sh- considering the the train that I was on. Yeah, so it was. I was like, oh my it gosh, was incredible. It's going to be. He's going to have to learn to type with one elbow <laughs> broken. And we everything. did fall a number of times, though. We did fall, but that's going to happen. Of course, you got to fall. Yeah. If you, if you hadn't skiing. fall, you got to kind of do it on purpose, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but if you're not falling, you're not skiing. So exactly. So it was a good time. But now we're back. Um, at both here at the same time, which has been First since time, before the holidays, really. Yeah, before Christmas. Uh, we've got a lot of things to talk about. Um, we will talk about the Hope-Calvin rivalry and those matchups this past week. And we will talk high school hoops, too. But first, I want to talk about Michigan and Michigan State basketball. They are marching toward a collision course of awesomeness. Um, and Michigan's ranked number two, undefeated, best start in school history. Yes, best start in school history. That means a better start than the 89 National Championship team. That means a better shot than any of the Fab Five Final Four teams. That means a better shot than the final team last year. A better shot to the Trey Burke years. Yep, 12, 17. 13. They started 16-0 and 12-13. So. so this is uh, pretty, good. pretty interesting, especially because it's a little bit unexpected. Uh, coming into the year. I don't. Sure, it's sure. Once they got rolling, it's not that necessarily that unexpected. But... Um, I mean, I'm not surprised they're a top 10 team by any means. Me neither. Um, but just to lose Wagner and kind of turn around and not really miss a beat inside has been very impressive because uh, you know they got the outside shooters. They do. They, they um, do. So, and then Michigan State is what, sixth? They are, uh, I believe, sixth right now in the AP poll. Yeah, and they're, they've only got, what, they've got two losses, I think. Yeah, their two losses are six. They're fifteen and two, um, and they're sixth in the coaches' poll. Michigan, by the way, is fourth in the coaches' poll. Gotcha. Okay, going into this week before Duke lost. Gotcha. So this is awesome. Like we haven't had. I mean, even when Michigan was good the last couple of years, Michigan State was a little bit down for them. Yep. Which still makes it's you not. A, it's still a tournament <laughs> not team. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we had a run where Michigan State obviously had their way with the rivalry. Um, quite a long time right we had, the trey burke years were pretty good both like those were pretty good rivalry matchups um but to have this much anticipation on a matchup that's still a couple weeks away this late into the season where we're talking this could decide the big 10 championship it also could be a preview of if they put them on the opposite sides it could be a final four or finals preview, you know, yeah, really in different brackets. I mean, this these are two legitimate teams that could make the final four. They could both be number one seeds come come March. That's right. ridiculous. Right. I mean, especially if one of them only loses to the other. 
you know. Yeah, yeah they play uh, them twice. They play each other twice. So, but they don't play each other until the end of the season. Twice yeah. in the final four games. It's crazy. At, Ar- at Ann Arbor, and then they finish the season at Michigan State. And everything will be on the line. Oh, absolutely. Which is awesome. Um, now, one thing that won't be on the line is making the tournament. They're both going to make the tournament. Oh, this, <laughs> this is not like, yeah, they. There's no – I mean, they would have to lose every, every game. game. Yeah, I mean, that's not yeah. – They're going to make it. So that is pretty awesome. But, yeah, that I'm thinking like this could be we, – we always – kind of dream about in this state having a michigan michigan state final uh which is like the pipe dream you know um they've met at times in different places in the brackets but never anything like that i would just love to see them both in the final four it almost happened it's almost happened a few times um but man that would be so cool Um, for the state i mean talk about basketball center of the of this country right here two of the best teams in the country could be playing in the final four right and they're in the same conference and their same division and all this stuff right and they're big both, rivals and they're both historically great yeah. programs too yeah. so it's not just you know what i mean and it's they're both they've both won national championships they've both produced some of the best players in nba history as well as college basketball history um i mean magic johnson the only I still say that Michael Jordan and possibly LeBron are the only two players ever better than him to play in my opinion that's my opinion um, but then Glenn Rice might be the best college player I mean Christian Leitner maybe well, he had the scoring but yeah. like Glenn Rice still has the record for most points in a tournament in a single tournament he had the best run when his team needed it I mean Christian yes. Leitner still had Bobby Hurley and Grant Hill and those guys on his team <laughs> and uh Glenn Rice just took over uh and you know and there, but there's been I mean you got the Fab Five Cassie Russell was great for Michigan played in the NBA was great in the NBA um there's just so many and that's my era of time we've got the Trey Burke time I mean, you want to go back we got era. way back we got remember when the Fab Five played Sean Respert and that was a long time ago um but there's been everything in between now, too, where you have the Trey Burke years for Michigan with, um, you know, the Adrian Payne years for Michigan State. Yeah, and uh, there's just been so many, you know, Michigan State winning the championship with uh, Mo Pete and uh, Mateen Cleaves in, in, what, 2001. That's still one of the most painful memories for me not because i have anything against michigan state i mean i grew up rooting for michigan but i don't really care you know i've grown to be indifferent i don't dislike michigan state i'm fine i'm mostly actually root for them when they're not playing michigan um but in my poll in my bracket uh i randomly somewhat randomly i kind of knew what i was talking about back then in college i had florida winning it all Oh, no one else had Florida winning at all. Ouch. Everyone had Michigan State winning at all because we live in Michigan. They were the number one overall seed of the tournament, and they, and they won. They proved it, you know. But Florida was in the final against them when they were not a number one seed. They were not expected to be there, and I just picked the hot hand, right? And it cost me a lot of money in that poll. I have to say, like, I would have won a ton of money. That was the most lucrative cash pot in any sort of bracket 
game that I've ever done. And it was all sitting there. And, you know, when Mo Pete hits that late three, I'm just like, oh, hundreds of dollars down the drain. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, let's see if that happens again. Maybe not with Florida. The but joy and sorrow of playing picks. Yeah, I know, right? It was super fun. Um, and it made me feel a little bit like a genius because no one else had that. But, you know. You win some, you lose that's some. Right. Yeah, you win right. some. Those are the those are the fun. We had one. Uh, we always had one in the, our school paper office where we picked. The editors got together and did a bracket on whose mascot would beat up the yes. other mascot. Yep, those are the fun brackets. And we, I think we had two years in a row where it was it ended up being the Hurricanes versus the Golden Hurricanes. <laughs> and the Golden Hurricanes got to win. There's something that makes them golden. I yeah. don't know what that is, but. <laughs> I um, love it. But those are always kind of fun to see, you know, who would who would win in those, um, <laughs> and see how that would play out with the actual teams. So, um, but there would be nothing as fun as a Michigan Michigan State final four matchup. Yeah. I think that would be amazing. Um, they do a lot of things well. I mean, I don't think Michigan's going to go undefeated. They probably won't, especially against Michigan State. They, I, they be, I bet they split. They probably split, but Michigan it, lives by the three too much. It would be. Honestly, in Michigan's best interest to just kind of, you know, they need a couple losses because no team ever goes undefeated this entire season. No, not since And you don't want to lose in March. So preferably you want to lose in February. Right. And you got to learn from, you can't learn from losing unless you lose. That's right. And like I said, I think they, I mean, they're a pretty balanced team, but they're a team that relies enough on the three that you live by the three. There's got to be a game or two that you die by the three. Yeah. Um, so I'd see that happening. But Michigan State, the same thing. I think they – but I think Michigan State, I think they split. But they could split and run the table the rest of the way. They could. But I don't see – I also don't see that happening. I see both teams with losing two more games, one to each other and one to someone else. So that would have Michigan with two losses and Michigan State with three. Yeah. Um, but both with two losses in the conference, split the regular season title. And, yeah, going to the tournament, know, and which is still awesome. I don't remember last time that that was they split a title. I don't know if that's ever happened. It's been a while, know? I'm sure. Um, so it's just kind of fun yeah. to see how that goes. I, I will say, I, I I'm not surprised that they're doing so well. I'm surprised that they're doing so well, and then across the board in the country, they don't have a top ten player. Michigan does not have a top ten player in points, rebounds, assists, blocks, field percentage, or steals. Yeah. No. Michigan State has Cassius Winston. He's fifth overall in assists per game. Right. But Michigan does not have a top ten player in any of those categories. No, and threes in team defense, and, and man. And they're just winning. Yeah. games. They don't have a, you know a number one guy like right. like Winston is kind of for the Spartans. Um, they got a couple good guys: Jordan Poole, Xavier Simpson, the right. Ignas. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. The big fella. He's really good yeah. at taking to, to, Wagner's place. Yeah, to uh, to play my best Bill Raftery card. The big fella. Braz. I want to say Braz Dikius. I think his name is Braz Dikius go with that charles matthews john teske isaiah levers uh these all these guys are all doing really well and when you have that kind of a depth one guy can get shut down and the other guy's gonna pick it up that's what a tournament team that's how a team wins games in the tournament right it reminds me honestly and this is gonna sound weird but defense good shooting and balance those make sense but like it reminds me like when the hope women were winning the national championship and contending for the national championship they would Every game, their leading score would have 11 or 12, but they'd have 12, 11, 10, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 8, 8, 8. Yeah. 
Michigan's got 15.6, 14.1, 13.4. Then it goes down to 8.6, 8.4, 8.0. But it seems like the men's version of that when you yeah, exactly. adjust for you know the amount of scoring usually generally in in men's games and that's it sounds very similar. It's impressive. Um, and then they had the girls, the Hope women had the three point shooters, and they had good team defense. I mean, it's just yeah. and it wins, and that so that's why I think they got a shot because even if they in the tournament if they have a bad three point shooting game. They're to the point they're so good defensively that they can make up for it yes. and not it could still beat them, but it's not it won't sink them immediately if they're shooting poorly agreed um, yeah. which is interesting so and on Michigan state side you got Cassius Swinson leading the way with seventeen point six points then it goes down to sixteen point six fifteen point oh eight point seven eight point five yeah, so that's pretty balanced too they have some balance scoring there as yeah. well. But they lean a little bit more on Winston. But I mean, they do, and but their their should. their mean. average of, of time on the court is is fairly even through the first, I think, eight or nine guys, maybe eight guys. I think um, they're playing upwards at the lowest fifteen minutes a game, although they're thirty one minutes a game where Winston's at. Right. But you guys got guys there that are that are playing a lot of time and they're getting points, and it's it's pretty balanced scoring. So it's going to be interesting to see how that matchup comes down to the wire. Right. <laughs> next month and especially seeing the last couple minutes of each game that they match up lately too watching Izzo and beeline coach against each other is a is a treat absolutely it's a treat they're two of the best coaches in the country and they're two i mean they're two of the most genuine coaches not just i mean obviously they get results but they epitomize their programs very well and they um it's a good balance uh you know of personalities and stuff too i mean Izzo's a little more fiery but they're both pretty you know they both have good character they're both you know like it's you want to believe in both of their teams you know it's not one of those things where you're just like oh and I, you know it's not like you know i'll say ohio state and i know some people like ohio state but whatever but like with urban meyer nobody's like oh my gosh he's just such a wonderful person to leading this program and these kids i'm not saying he's a terrible person but he's made some pretty decent mistakes yeah. Um, so you don't feel the same way um, about that, but like this is special. This rivalry. I don't remember the last time that bo- not just that both teams were good, but both teams had a stable coaching for a long period of greatness. Yeah, and that's awesome. Um, I don't think any. I mean, you know, Dean Smith and Coach K in North Great Carolina rivalry. and Duke. That's about the only other one that's been that's lasted so long that's been so good in the same place um of a rivalry um so anyway it's exciting it's exciting so let's uh let's stick with college let's talk about hope calvin both both uh the men and women had hope calvin matches since last we spoke last week and um different things happened <laughs> they were both at calvin very different things um in the the men's game they were down immediately like 11 or 12 nothing and ended up losing by four we got within one never really felt in it and the women it was a close close pretty close game i mean hope was always a little bit ahead or whatever like yes. that and then francesca buchanan just said you know what i got this she unleashed the, the beast quarter. man and it was uh it was something else. So, Chris, let's, let's start with that. I cool. mean, you were there. Um, you know she's a, she was a, what, a third-team All-American last year. You know she's capable of this. She's an undersized post player as far as height, She's but she's very strong. She's tough as nails, and 
she went after it. What did you see? What was she doing so well in that fourth quarter to make it go from like a five-point game, four or five-point game? It was five points, and then went to 13. Right, and then they then that was it. That was it. That was the game right there. It was um, – well, first off, Hope held Calvin to just seven points in the fourth quarter. That's going to win you some games right there. You bet. But they were closing in. Gabby Timmer was was the freshman out of, I think, South Christian. South Christian, yeah. Um, she was really good in high school. We, I think I saw her a number of times. Um she knows how to get to the post and play the post well. And and she said she learned from watching Frankie because she's been around Calvin for a little while, watching what she can do. And to her credit, she stopped her at times throughout the game. But in the fourth quarter, you could tell, getting tired as a freshman, late, late in a game like this, robbery game, Frankie just found open space. And on three of – she had four consecutive baskets, by the way, four mm-hmm. consecutive layups that took from five to 13. She was assisted on three of them. And the fourth one was her own rebound, right? That she just grabbed. So they're the moving the ball, yeah. And she has a little bit of height among the the players in the court, except for Tamara. She's about the same. Maybe Tamara's a little bit a little bit taller, but uh, Frankie, she looked like she was not going to lose this game. Like her face just said, "This is not happening." Yeah, I mean, you could tell even in the pictures. One of our uh, page designers commented in your photo of her doing the jumper that she looks like she knows what's going in, or yeah. she looks like she's she doesn't look awkward. In the picture, yeah. she looks determined. Whereas a lot of kids taking their picture, their face looks ridiculous when they're shooting because you—I mean, because you're not paying attention to it. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're trying to have a great face when you do right. it. No, she you was know. determined. But like, she, it's she like it was like a laser focus, and that's—I mean, she can do under the basket, and her and Olivia Voskel together are great because the taller player will guard Olivia because Olivia is like she got longer arms, six five or whatever, and. Six three, six whatever yeah. she is. She's um, tall. She's really tall. She's taller than me. And there's very few women's basketball players out there around here that are taller than me. <laughs> so that was that's significant, um, significant height. But what amazes me about Frankie is the simplicity of what she does. She has good footwork. She rebounds. She uses her toughness to rebound. But a lot of her points, if she's not already on the block underneath the basket, it's just a simple pump fake. She's like mastered the pump fake. She just pump fake three more steps in, boom. Yep. Mid range jumper, short range jumper, little bank shot, she baby bank shot. Times. She yeah. Had Twelve field goals. Twelve eighteen from the field. She's one of four from the free throw line. Whatever. Didn't take any three. She was at the at the uh, top of the key for a number of of offensive possessions in the second half. Didn't take any shots. She moved people around or pump to fake. get the offense yeah. in order. And then she went down low and got a basket. Yeah. It was it was well executed uh, on her part, on Hope's part, especially. She had 25 points. That's two points shy of her career high, which is 27. Right. Uh, when she was a sophomore, maybe a freshman, honestly. Um, it was really it was really incredible to see that performance. And she's a senior. She's the only senior on Hope. And uh, she left Calvin with a win. And that's what you want as a senior. Um, it's fairly... I think fairly written in stone that this will this tournament will not include Calvin, let alone at their place. Um, yeah, it might. I don't because is it eight? Well, I believe the six. Either the the top team will host, if I'm correct. Right, but it's but it used to be four teams. I think it's right. six now. It, it is, but I don't know if Calvin. They, Calvin they might make host. It, yeah, they'll definitely not host. Yeah, um, they they might be the sixth team. They but. may they may get in there, but what's going to be interesting now is that. Uh, it, it seemed like Calvin played really well defensively against Hope. They, they, both teams didn't shoot great. Um, 
as as Coach Brian Morehouse said, they're shooting rocks. They're throwing rocks at, at the at the board. And that was it. They were just not falling. Yeah. And that's I think because of how good both defenses were. Mm-hmm. Um, they just kind of threw each other off. And credit to Calvin, they they had five freshmen on the court multiple times, and they played really well, including Holland Christian's Matty Vanderslag, who guarded Kennedy Schoonveld, right? Former <laughs> both teammates. former teammates yeah. at Holland Christian, which is really cool. Um, but they played pretty decent. They're just their offense didn't right. click. And two days later, their coach resigns. Right. Chuck Winkleman is now out. Um, don't know what to make of that. It, they said that the coach and the program weren't meshing well together. Um, you know, take that how you will. Yeah, he's still a coach that has led them to the national tournament. He's just been a successful coach wherever he's been. So it's kind of odd how that came together after the the rivalry game. Right. I w- even if that if that friction is there somehow between it was it's an odd move in the middle of the season correct yeah I, that usually doesn't happen yeah of course it's not like they got blown out of the water they played really well against a good team a top 10 team at that right um including you know five right. freshmen right five it, freshmen i mean it's clear i would guess that it's clearly not based on that game yeah, or the, it, i mean it likely is not but now you've got uh, austin randall he's the first he's an interim coach now going forward so it's it'll be interesting to see how that how he matches up against buchanan and the flying dutch next time right um because could he play all five freshmen he could or he could go back to his bench and rachel warners and kara minderhoud who have been with this program for quite a while mix and match a little bit they yeah. could be coming as a starter instead of off the bench um that that could be very telling next mm-hmm. game um but yeah a, a, a fantastic win for hope um they they just played like they mm-hmm. wanted to win buchanan played like she wanted to win right and the men on the other hand same week same place didn't play like they wanted to win they got down early which has been their downfall a lot of times this year and they battle back within one point even in the final 30 seconds a couple times uh, i think uh, coach mitchell said that they had five possessions where they were down one and never scored um but they were always playing catch up and you just never felt that they were in it uh the feeling the vibe in the gym you just didn't feel like and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, they're only down one, really? Because they're not playing very well. Um, but they get, they did, they fought back in there to do that, which is tough on the road when you're down twelve nothing or whatever. Um, but they just, there's just something a little bit lacking this year with the with with hope in the fact that they just seem to have little lapses for a couple minutes here, and a lot of times at the beginning of the game. That just seems very uncharacteristic, and it's and it's uncharacteristic now. Maybe it's characteristic now. I don't know. It's happened a, a number of games this year, which is unfortunate. Um, but they're so much better talent wise than what they're producing, and that's a tough spot to be in um, because you know you're not. I mean, they've got to win the MIAA tournament to make the NCAA tournament now. Yeah, there's I mean, no, they have to. There's no other way in, um, and and they got to get themselves prepared for that. Um, now they turned around and had a good start against Adrian on Saturday, uh, but then also were up 16 nothing. No, 12 nothing, 16 nothing, and then they were, or it was like 16 3, then they were down 19 16. So, like, <laughs> they traded 16 point runs, I think, and it was just like, all right, but they kept swatting back when Adrian had a run, which was, um, good to see because that's, you know what you you know that's what you do that's what good teams do you know you're not going to win by 100 points so you got to fight off their runs cuz they're going to be able to have some yeah. uh every team pretty much so 
it, it was just it's just interesting. But I've never felt uh, it was a game that so Calvin led their game against Hope the entire time. There was never a lead change, and but and it was really close for the for a long time in the second half. But it just never felt like Hope had a chance, and that's um, that's really too bad. Um, but I'm glad it was a little bit closer than man. That could have been real ugly too. Um, so they got to regroup and see see what they can do, see how they can uh, respond to that. I mean, Derek DeVries had his way with them. Uh, I think he scored like ten of the first twelve or something like that, and uh, they couldn't stop him. Points, and that's yeah, good. they couldn't stop him. I mean, they really couldn't stop him, and that's you know another thing. And it's it's one thing like too. We talked before the year like post offense and everything like that we talked about how great of a rebounder dennis towns is and how he uh you know needs to pick up the scoring at times or whatever like that he did he he had one of his best games he had 10 points 12 rebounds or something like that against uh, 12 calvin 10, actually 12 and 10 yeah. yeah and but everyone else dropped off like yeah. it wasn't like he's been playing his best in the big moments the next highest was six that was from preston granger and yeah like granger has definitely been up and down the last few weeks the coach has been riding him quite a bit um which you know hopefully gets the best out of him in the long run i mean it's just riley lewis was cold at times and then got real hot um jb's been uh jason beckman's been dishing out the ball a lot more he had 12 assists in one of the games a couple weeks ago um nine nine in this game i mean he had he's had a lot of assists but he's not getting to the basket he's missing some free throws which is very uncharacteristic for him but like his game is hit a couple threes then drive to the basket he might shoot 12 free throws in a game and not it doesn't seem odd yeah. but he's not getting to the line and yeah, he's four for four yeah no, four mean, years, but only four right i mean that's i mean if riley's gonna be shoot, lewis is gonna be shooting the ball outside i mean we need more free throws i mean hope needs more free throws i don't know i just said we i'm not playing um but <laughs> um Hope needs more free throws. Uh, it just even if it's you know to and it opens up things too. You know because if they think you're going to drive, maybe they're off you a little bit more. Then boom, outside shooting. Yeah. Calvin Hackett's been playing really well off the bench. That's been very impressive. Um, and Dennis has been great. And everybody else has just been okay. Um, Riley's had his big moments, obviously, um, but he's also had cold streaks. I mean, it's not. Um, it seems normal, right? It, which it know. seems normal, but when it's that's happening for everybody, that's really yeah, tough. Uh, because even when De- with Dennis playing his best offensive games, he's not going to offensively carry a team for right. a game because that's not his game. Um, so, yeah, they need uh, you know a little more from from everybody. Obviously, yeah. I they think they would all be the first to tell you that. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how this goes, especially when they rematch with Calvin and they got a rematch with Trine, and it's going to be. It's going to be interesting second wave through the MIAA here for oh, yeah. sure. The intriguing stat for me from that game, looking at the team stats, not the, not the player stats because you can just look at those, but when you look at team stats, Hope was out-rebounded 41-26. to You're not going to win games if you got out-rebounded. Yeah. They also were outscored in the paint 40-24. to You see those rebounds? 15 of them are offensive rebounds. Yeah. And you not, lose by four. Not good. And you lose by four. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, that's... I mean that's it. Yep, you gotta you gotta be good on the glass, and if you're not yeah. good on the glass, you're not going to games. So if and then obviously that shows because you're being destroyed on the, on the glass and rebounds, you're not getting points in the paint either. Second chance points, right? You know, and right. that's it. That's going to lose you a game, right? I mean, if Dennis has half, almost half your rebounds, one person should not have almost half your rebounds, right? 
Um, unless he's going for like 26 for you, unless he's doing a drumming, you know, something right. like that. I mean, yeah. they'll need to be better at that. You know, that's that's, yeah. that's going to be the key point in their rematch. Right. And that's Calvin's it. really good at that. That's one of their big things that they always have. Like, you know, Hope says they have this great team defensive scheme. That's kind of their thing, uh, both the men and the women. The Calvin's is rebounding. Everyone um, had one except one person. He played one minute. Everyone else had at least one rebound. For Calvin? For Calvin. Yeah. Yep. That's it. I mean, everybody's contributing. Everybody gets in there. And there just comes to a point where it's an effort thing. Um, and it's hard. Sometimes people get in foul trouble, so they don't put that rebounding effort out there because they're afraid they're going to get a foul. And there's just a lot of things that go into it. But, yeah, they need to play better as a unit, that's for sure, um, if they want to make the NCAA tournament. So, um, all right, let's move on to high school hoops. Uh, we got a lot of... Th- a lot of good things going on in high school hoops. Uh, a little, some storylines here. Um, we'll start. Uh, Holland Christian boys lost to Unity Christian, so Unity Christian is alone in first place, I think, in the green. Maybe Holland. Did they play each other yet? Holland and Unity. They did. Yes, they did on Friday. And, and Unity won. So Unity is in first place alone. Um, everybody else has kind of played each other, and I, the OK Green's looking real good, actually. I mean, Zealand West is, is solid. Hamilton solid. Holland solid. Holland Christian South. They're all good teams. Um, Zealand East has not had a great record, but they got some big playmakers. They get Clayton Dyckhouse back, you know, in another He's week too, actually. And so that'll be a um, that'll be a big, big one, um, big addition. So yeah, Holland's actually two and one in conference. So is Holland Christian. Yeah. Ducks are one and one. Byron Center's one and one. Hamilton's zero two, surprisingly. Um, and Zealand East is zero three. Yeah. So I mean. And it's still early for them, so yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Those should all increase, to be honest with you. Those should yeah, all increase. For sure. And uh, it's been good to see Holland kind of have a little bit of a comeback here. Um, they've been playing really well. Um, Zeeland West has been playing well, even in, in losses. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's, been, it's been good. I mean, this is going to set up a really interesting thing. Is can, can anybody beat Unity will be the thing. I think Unity is going to lose a game. They've they're won the seven last, and two overall. But they've won the last. I mean, in the conference, yeah. I've, they've they've won the last two or three conference championships in the green, and I think they're going to lose a game in conference. But until somebody does that, I just can't pick against them to Agreed. win the conference yeah. because they're clearly doing some good things there uh, that keeps going year after year. Um, Holland's by the way is in second place in the green. Unity beat them eighty three forty eight. That tells you where the gap is. Right. They even beat Holland Christian. They didn't beat Holland Christian that 63-42. Right. Not as bad as that, but, but still, still close pretty enough. bad. I mean, yeah. that's, that tells you where the separation is. They're right. And good. everybody else seems to be pretty – Holland, Holland Christian, Zealand East, West, Hamilton are all pretty similar. They teams, all seem similar, very on um, the same level. Which is good for a conference. Oh, absolutely. Um, but so – and then on the uh, West Ottawa boys and the OK Red, um, you know, they had a, such a good start considering that they have a whole new f- starting five from last year. Um, but it's kind of come back a little bit to reality now uh, that where they're in the red and you know it's they're having their ups and downs. Um, same for the girls. Uh, although Natalie Dunn had 31 points and 20 rebounds in a game the other day, and they lost. What a performance though! Um, that's incredible for a point guard to have 20 rebounds. Um, she, I mean she's a she's a one woman wrecking crew. Really, I mean she can take over a game in so many different ways. Um, she gets to the line. She can shoot. She can defend. Um, and, and apparently she can rebound. Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't really think about that as much for a guard, um, but that it happens. And especially when you have that kind of tenacity. Um, 
the Hamilton girls are still unbeaten. They're doing very well. AJ Ettinger's been playing very well. This Scrotenboer sisters is playing well. Ricky Ettinger, two sets of sisters there on this in the starting five. They they've been playing very well together. They've had a couple close calls, but they've uh, you know continued to have. Uh, lead the OK Green um, like they have the Actually, last couple years. Also, Byron Center, both two and zero, but it's early. So. Right, they haven't played each other yet. They so not. that'll come uh, uh, in a couple weeks. Yep. Yeah. So um, yeah, we got Soccer Tuck Fenville this week, which will be exciting. Um, at Soccer Tuck, by at the way, Soccer Tuck, very intimate experience. Small gym. So it is, I've never seen it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Chris has been to Soccer Tuck, but he's never seen Fenville Soccer Tuck at Soccer Tuck. It is a unique experience. It is intimate. It is yeah, it's packed in there. It is the, on top of you. It has that um, to to use a Chris reference. It has that college hockey feel where you're right on top like of the action. <laughs> you feel like you're watching the game in Yost Ice Arena, and uh, <laughs> it's. It's it's very cool to see the towns come out for this rivalry. It is, without a doubt, the best small school basketball rivalry in West Michigan, and I could argue in all of Michigan, uh, because the teams are usually good, both boys and girls, for the most part. And even if, when they're not great, they have good players. They have you know star players. They're even, and the towns are next door to each other and come out in full force for every time they have this game. So... Um, that's that's what separates it when you have the whole town you feel like you're in hoosiers watching this a game um like this where the towns come out and it'll be interesting to see what happens both Sagatuck and fenville boys are a little bit down from the past couple years a uh, lot of turnover a lot of graduations yeah Sagatuck's um, winless right now they're on four in the league two and seven overall right and then i mean fenville's about 500 they're yeah two on four and five yeah so it's going to be interesting. I mean, I would say on paper, Fenville probably is the favorite in the game, even though it's at Saugatuck. But that kind of levels it out a little bit more, being on the road. And in the girls' game, I have no idea what to expect because the Saugatuck girls have kind of dominated that rivalry of late. But Corinne Howard has been killing it for Fenville. She had 27 points the other night. She's averaging 20 points a game. And uh, she's like a, a little bit smaller version of Natalie Dunn. She controls the game. She can shoot. She drives. She gets to the line. She makes her free throws. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in this rivalry. I mean, Sagatuck got Maddie Moore uh, and Aaron Stannis, two very solid players with uh, some height. Um, that that can hurt Corinne, by the way, too. I mean, that yeah. you get her. Well, it, even, him. it doesn't even matter. Even if she's not defending them, you, you, it's it, hard it, to shoot over. Height. It doesn't become this or that head to head. It's team wise, sure, and oh, yeah. you know, which supporting cast is going to be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you the know, height is going to hurt, right? And Sagatuck sure. has had a stronger supporting cast in the past few years, so and they've kind of had their way in the rivalry a little bit. When the girls, for that matter, um, the boys. I mean, you still got Cossie and Matthew Sanchez on Fenville's team, um, and they. Uh, you got a lot of returning players, but not necessarily super experienced players. Besides them. Um, and then Sagatuck's got only two returners at all, right? I mean, Brad Dunn is back, and uh, Myers, Cooper that's Myers, that's it. That's the only other one. And so, two guys. Which could be very good for them in the future, but it's it's just one of those years where it is what it is, and you know you kind of got to fight through it. So it's going to be an interesting game, though, at Sagatuck. Because, uh, you know, the, the Never Forgotten, the West Leonard Never Forgotten games have now been moved to Hope College the last few years. Which takes that rivalry out of Fenville, uh, Fenville's gym, which is I have mixed feelings about because it's there's nothing quite like it. Um, 
but this is the one. This is the small school feel game doubleheader of you know of the year to watch. If yeah. you if you have no affiliations and you want to see something go there. If you want to see a good basketball, you want to see a different kind of environment, go to Sagatuck on Friday. It will it will open your eyes. It's very different. Um it's it's a very different vibe from a little more intimate. It's like an intimate version of the old Holland Holland Christian rivalry. Um but it's a small town. I mean, I know that the Sagatuck Finn will play a lot of small town teams all the time, but the rivalry in the same you know, community basically. It's 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 pretty special. So, uh, if you have nothing to do, seriously, go check it out. Um, there's nothing quite like it. So, that's where we will be on Friday. Um, got Very a lot exciting. of other a lot of other games happening. We'll we'll be back next week to report on Clayton Dykehouse's comeback. Um, you know how the OK Green races are shaken up. Talk about a little other a couple other sports. Um, yeah, Chris, you got any I'm just words of this rivalry wisdom? game on, on Friday? And then uh, the big one, Hope Calvin on the second, the 200th. The 200th, yeah. This That's is going like, to be, you know, a, it's a good stretch of basketball here for the next two or three weeks, and then we finish off Yeah, we'll have season. some Holland Island Christian in there, Again, too. Yeah, we'll Fenville. So, yeah. Um, it's just a great month for basketball. For sure. For sure. And I want to, before we sign off, I'll give us, I want to give a special shout out to Grand Valley State swimmer Mercedes Martinez, uh, from West Ottawa. She broke the pool, the Grand Valley pool record in the Hunter Butterfly, um, that has been up for quite a few years. And she has swimming, she, it's her senior year and she's swimming, uh, better than she has her entire career. And, uh, we could be looking at a pretty good All American season and finish for her. Um, but pool records, you know, when you're talking about dual meets, and stuff that doesn't always happen a lot of pools have invitationals and conference meets you know and stuff that you know when you're further further tapered you know whatever but she you know at grand valley's pool where they do a lot of it's a lot of dual meets but it's hard to beat any sort of record because you're not always swimming at your best um you know in the middle of the season so that's a huge uh huge barrier uh for her to break especially at this point of the season um and there'll be more more on her and other Grand Valley swimmers and stuff in the Sentinel in the next few weeks um, as they kind of gear up for their conference meet. Um, and there'll be more on the Saugatuck Fenville rivalry this week. And uh, anything and everything sports, we are here around the clock for that. Uh, lots of high school games in the green that'll be local teams matched up against each other. And lots of fun stuff. Uh, lots of fun stuff to go out and watch. You might even see some gymnastics coverage in the next couple weeks. Uh, there's all kinds of all kinds of things going on uh, around here so happy to be back and in full force uh, yeah and for Chris I'm Dan we'll see you next week